0: The State of Recruiting, your weekly recruiting podcast, brought to you by Horns Two Four Seven. I'm Mike Roach, and I'm joined, as always, by Nick Harris, who is back after uh, after letting me go solo last week while he was uh, putting together a video project, and we'll, we'll get into that for sure. But before before we do that, Nick, how's uh, how's everything going for you?
1: Going pretty good, and, and you killed it last week going solo. I, I went back and listened to it on my way back home, and you did fantastic.
0: I know. I felt like I was talking hundred miles an hour. Um, it was like ten thirty <laughs> at night. I was like delirious. Uh, so, I appreciate everybody who bare, bore through it. You know, it's it's tough to do that like a show by yourself. I have a lot of appreciation for people who can do a full show or podcast by themselves. Um, Nick, you 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 were able to put together a, a really cool video project last week with Dejon Henderson, or I'm sorry, Dejon Harrison, uh, out in Hutto. Um, that's that's available on YouTube, the twenty four seven national YouTube. It's available on Horns twenty four seven. If you guys want to go check out a day in the life, we got kind of an all access look with with Dejan. But just kind of talk about the background and how that all came together.
1: Yeah, uh, me and Dejan, we've been pretty tight uh, pretty much during his whole recruitment. I first met him in College Station last year at the State 7-on-7 tournament, and uh, we've kind of built a relationship since then, you know, me doing some videos for him and him helping me out with Scoop here and there as far as recruiting stuff goes, and uh, uh, I put his commitment video together back in November, and since then, any video work he's wanted done, he just kind of hits me up about it, but honestly, he's a a kid that's got a a big imagination when it comes to those sorts of things, too, so he's always hitting me up about ideas, and he's actually the one that reached out to me me about this idea. And I was like, you know, Dejan, that's a fantastic, fantastic plan. Let's get it in action. And, and we did, it took a, took us about six or seven hours, but we had a great time and it was uh, cool getting to know him, uh, getting to see Robert Killebrew uh, at his physical, uh, physical training facility. Um, It was a pretty solid day for sure.
0: Yeah, so a really cool project. I, like I told you, I, I, I'm I dumb to that whole sort of thing, and that's your kind of forte, and that's really, you know, what I, I, t- I talked about it when we hired you, but that was really a, a dimension I thought you could bring to our site that we didn't currently have, and so um, I was I was really happy with the way it came out, not that I had anything to do with it other than just looking at it at the end, but um, I thought it came out really well, told you I was really proud of it, and uh, hopefully, you know, we could do some, some more stuff like that in the future.
1: Yeah, I got a lot of stuff on the whiteboard right now. I got a lot of ideas cooking because uh, the, the support was great on that video, and I appreciate all the listeners and everyone else that that watched it and you know gave it a pretty good review. But you know, I'm looking forward to uh, bringing some more content your way pretty soon.
0: All right, well, let's get into last week. Texas got a pair of commitments on Friday. Um, and they landed them basically at the same time uh, within one minute of each other. Uh, The the first was was Jonathan Brooks, the running back from Hallettsville. We've been talking about him for a long, long time, and uh, he pulled the trigger. You know, talking to – the commits in the class they felt he was close for a while uh you know talking to people around him they, they just didn't they they didn't feel there was really anybody else out there uh push it like that was going to make the push texas was for him they made the initial offer and um you know there's there's a lot to like with the kid despite his uh, his relatively low ranking as a three-star prospect i think there's a lot to like nick what are your thoughts on him
1: yeah i really like jonathan brooks i think he's going to be a perfect uh kind of second back to this class and and hopes that they can land you know a four or five star back uh, as well here in this 2021 class but he's a kid that's already produced great numbers down in howitzville in that area and uh honestly texas has done well in the past few years uh with picking kids from that area whether it be you know from cuero with jordan whittington or uh, yoakam with joshua moore uh so hopefully uh, jonathan brooks can follow right in those footsteps and um uh, follow up with those kids. I'm trying to think of the area of the state that that would be considered. What what is that area of the state considered? Uh, I, I, it's
0: not quite the valley. I I don't know. I I guess I call it no man's
1: land. Yeah, I, that's, that's all I call it. <laughs> yeah,
0: it's kind of in that area, just right between San Antonio and Houston. Um, yeah. so yeah it's kind of is a no man's land. I and I think we're going to get into a lot of talk about relative ranking with both of these commitments because I mean neither of them tipped the scales on on the old uh the old uh you know commitment ranking sheet but I think um you know they're guys that that have traits and and I'm a big fan of traits when it comes to Uh, you know, scouting those things. So, um, you know, with Brooks, what I see from him is a lot of just he's very slippery. Uh, His feet are great, and I love that in a running back. It's one of the first things I look for in a running back is how quickly uh, his feet move and how they move in traffic, and I think that those are the things that really uh, differentiate him from the other. The other commitment uh, was a three-star wide receiver from New Orleans, Louisiana, Warren Easton High School, Casey Kane. Uh, And Kane, so for listeners last week, literally part of uh that me doing that podcast was i was like confirming the Kane story at the same time i was doing the podcast so it was kind of all coming together at that point um and, and you guys got to kind of hear it as it was as i was saying there's a story developing here but um Kane is a guy that texas offered they they recruited like he was a priority and they like his traits uh, a big long receiver who, who can battle for contested balls and uh, you know, looks pretty smooth while doing it, um, even though he he may not be the most explosive athlete. This was something that Mike Yurcich identified, and he recruited him as if he was a five-star. So, um, like it or love it, hate it, whatever, you, you know, it's not, I don't think it's a case of them settling on a kid. It seems more like this was somebody they really wanted.
1: Yeah, even though his offer list or his ranking might not be the most exciting we see in, in this area, you know, at any level if you can look at a receiver, evaluate him, offer him, and then land him, uh, that's definitely a W for the staff. And uh, like you said, Mike Juricic, uh put out a pretty good evaluation there. They're able to land him, and we'll see how he does in his senior year and hopefully developing. And he comes from a storied program down in the New Orleans area uh, from Warren Easton. So I, I'm pretty excited to see what he can do in his senior year and um, maybe emerge as one of the top players in this class.
0: That's certainly going to be a big factor. I think spring would have been big for him. It's hard to say You know, he was hidden at Warren Easton because Warren Easton— no Nobody hides at Warren Easton Uh, you (laughs) know you go through you go through you go through Louisiana you're going to go by Warren Easton and look at their kids but I know I talking to several SEC sources I know he was a guy on several boards to evaluate uh, during the spring for an offer so you know had there been a spring maybe he would have had a more impressive offer list I I could tell you that um, you know LSU was one of those schools I talked to a source at where they said he was definitely a guy we were going to go evaluate during the spring so um, I, I would say let's See how a senior season plays out. And I would also say with both of these guys, it matters more if they're the ceiling or the floor um, of this class. So, you know, I, I made the comparison last week. If they take, if they had, say, they land uh, JoJo Earl and uh, Teddy Knox and Keetron Jackson, and they take Casey Kane in January, right before signing day as their fourth guy, or they land Kamar Wheaton and then they take Jonathan Brooks in January, I think that the perception of that take is a lot different than it is right now in May. You know, you know what I mean, there Nick?
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of like they're building backwards with this class. And I'm not sure if really the coronavirus pandemic had anything to do with it, but that is unique to this Texas 2021 class is that they're kind of building backwards in that way and setting the floor first and kind of building up from there. So, um, yeah, we'll definitely see here in the next couple of months it start to rise and become kind of a bigger deal, this class.
0: And we'll see. And I'm not I'm certainly not saying right now it's a good decision, bad decision, whatever. I'm saying wait, see how the rest of the class pans out and judge the class as a whole and not you know who they're taking in may you know right now
1: exactly exactly it's very early
0: that's the biggest the biggest point to to contend with there um all right well speaking of casey kane he joined me earlier this week for an interview so we are going to play that right now all right now joining me on the state of recruiting podcast is the newest texas commit in the 2021 class uh, from new orleans louisiana 3019 canal street coming to austin warren easton's own casey kane casey thanks for joining me today Thank you for having me. Did I get that address right? Yeah, 3019. Yeah. It's a famous address. I know you, you guys uh you guys are, are often called by that. Um first of all, just you know, thoughts on, on your commitment overall. You've got it off of your mind now. Um, you know, your your recruitment's out of the way. How how relieved were you to get it done?
2: Um, it's just a lot of stuff that I had to do while I was getting pursued during the recruitment process. And now since it's over, you know, I'd rather put it to bed, but now that it's over, I don't have to entertain as many coaches, uh, players, uh, recruiting managers, none of that. I can just focus on my next step and
0: my next school. You told me when I talked to you after the commitment um, that, you know, it was Texas made it very clear to you you were a priority for them from Mike your sister, uh, Andre Coleman and and many other guys. Um, you know, how did that feel to be uh pursued by Texas in that way? And I mean was was that basically what won it over for you?
2: Yeah, it's basically what won it over. Um it made me feel like I was wanted more than just being recruited. So it made my decision decision a little bit easier.
0: Uh, you never got to visit Texas, but um, obviously, you know, they can do some virtual visits and things like that. What did you like about what you saw about the school in Austin? Um, you know, what stood out to you, and and how excited are you to actually get to Austin once you can make visits? Um,
2: the city is really, really nice. Um, they're getting a new uh, change to the uh, facilities as we speak right now. Um. I mean, it's the place I committed I
0: can't wait to visit. You were at, yeah, I know you had some contact with um with some of the Texas commits, including Jalen Milro. Um, mm-hmm. you know how's your bond been with those guys, and um you know what what other guys are you talking to in the class? Um, we're actually we we're like building like
2: we don't know each other that much that well, so we're we're getting to know each other. we're kind of mixing pretty well. And on the, the other one I had contact with was uh the running back, um Jonathan. He committed Brooks. Same, yeah, he committed the same day as me. Same
0: day, same time. Did you guys coordinate that move? No, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Did you guys were you talking beforehand? Before yeah, the he commitment, asked me where I was going to do. Actually. Okay, so he was working on you before he was he was committed and <laughs> just by coincidence you guys both committed I think within like 1 minute of each other basically. Um you know what? 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 You told me that uh, Mike Irshich and they had a very specific plan for you in the offense, and and obviously you've got a unique skill set that can be used in that way. Um, mm-hmm. What? What? Kind of just describe for me what that plan is and how you see yourself being used. Um, the plan
2: he had was for me was to create mismatches and utilize my road running, so he'll have me backside with a like one-on-one with a corner, and, yeah, just have, I have to win. And i would be a very good deep end in this offense.
0: Based on your your high school film, you do win a lot of one-on-ones. So, I mean, that that certainly plays. Um, you know, Texas, one of their marquee games next year, they are headed to Baton Rouge to face LSU. How excited mm-hmm. are you to see them come into to your home state? Um, I'm
2: pretty excited because last year was a real good game. So I don't know what's in hand for
0: this year especially with all the LSU players gone. <laughs> when Texas first reached out to you, you know, what did you know about the program and what, what were your thoughts of them kind of from looking at them from afar? Um,
2: only thing I knew was it was a great football program and it was a nice school with a lot of money. I didn't know they had a, like over 500,000 alumni all over the country, all over the world and a very good like their own like connection with alumni. So no matter where you go, you're going to be good for the Texas diploma.
0: Do you know what you want to study yet? Yeah, I was thinking engineering or accounting. Oh, okay. Um, Engineering, okay, excellent. Those are going to be uh, some challenging courses, but Texas has great programs in those for sure. Tell us something about you, maybe off the field. Do you have any special talents or anything like that? Any any hobbies that are interesting?
2: Um, I play basketball and run track, and well, yeah, that's my other two hobbies. And I just hang out with some friends or some.
0: Play basketball. What
2: what events do you run in track? Um, the hurdles. I do triple jump
0: and high, high jump. Okay, um, <clears throat> what have you been doing during the quarantine to kind of keep busy? Have you uh, any any interesting shows you've been watching on TV or video games or anything like that?
2: Yeah, I, st- I started uh, the Last Dance, uh, a couple shows on Netflix,
0: and I've been playing Madden a lot. It's very competitive. I'm interested in your thoughts on the Last Dance because uh, you know the I grew up in the Jordan generation, um, mm-hmm. the younger generation. I know you guys all love LeBron, um, and, and why not? He's a fantastic player. But what I'm if more you're
2: of a KD fan?
0: Oh, more of a KD guy. So see, that works out because uh, I think last year they gave them all they played with KD's in the bowl game. The cleats uh, they had like KD cleats and uh, a bunch of KD gear. You'll get some of that when you get to Austin. Um, so that'd be good for you. But uh, what are your thoughts on on Michael Jordan and just kind of being able to watch him and and look back on him? Um, it's a great it's a great doc document
2: um, documentary. Like it's great to learn like like what it took, like what he did to win, like in his mentality and his mindset. Like um, I'm not the biggest Jordan fan, but I
0: love Michael Jordan so but not more than KD, though. Not more than KD. Well, <laughs> um, that'll be good because, like I said, you'll be going to Austin, and KD and certainly left his mark there in his one year at Texas. Um, are you working on any guys in this current class? Are there any guys you know? Uh, I know Texas is recruiting a couple of Louisiana guys. Have you reached out to any of them? Uh, No, not yet. I have to get to that. If you had to pitch, uh, like a, uh, you know, they're, they're, I believe they're working on guys like uh, Andrew Jones, who's a John Aaron, mm-hmm. and things like that. If you had to pitch, you know, why Texas for you? What would you tell them? Um,
2: Texas, one Texas plays great teams. They get a, a lot of TV time and recognition. Has a lot of money. Uh, for me, the offensive coordinator is going to get the ball. Like, I fit his scheme very well, so I shouldn't have any problems getting the ball. Um, the facilities are brand new. Field's nice. The city is nice. Education is nice. Everything.
0: So that pretty much what did it for me. All right. Um, Andre Coleman, the receivers coach, what were your impressions of him, and what was it about him that kind of clicked between the two of you?
2: Um, like, he's a really –
0: cool guy and
2: that's kind of like me and my other receiver coaches kind of well I ain't gonna say the same because he can get crazy sometimes but they kind of resemble each other in some way and we just click like
0: that. Well that's awesome man Um, I appreciate you giving us some time today I I have to thank you because you're going to give me an excuse to go to New Orleans in the fall Um, so uh, I'm going to hit you up beforehand we're going to have to talk about where you're going to where you're going to send me to eat, um, where I'm going to eat while I'm (laughs) there and all that sort of thing. And we'll get to to meet in person and and see you play this fall. So uh, really excited uh, for you uh, for your senior season. Um, I know Texas fans are really excited. So uh, thank you for joining us. No problem, Thank you for having me. And we want to thank Casey Kane for taking some time this week and joining us on the show for an interview. All right, Nick, um, it was kind of a big week, uh, I guess, in the world of coronavirus news as uh, things are starting to open up a little bit. Uh, You know, we got the news... I guess it was earlier this week. I, I can't remember. It all blends together. But uh, earlier this week that uh, high schools are going to be allowed to resume supervised workouts in the summer. I think colleges have been told that they can they can kind of go back to activity. Texas announced they are going to have fall classes. So everything right now looks on schedule. Um you know, to, to continue and, and to play football this fall. Um, in particular, I, I, the UIL ruling that they can have, um, you know, workouts is, is, was pretty uh, significant to me.
1: Yeah, for sure, and um, I, they'll be able to get the high school teams back out on the field, and um, when the news was first kind of, it hadn't broke yet, I was under the impression that it was just going to be outdoor sessions, and I was like, man, everybody in the state is going to have a tough summer, but uh, actually 25% of the workouts will be able to be indoors, um, and I think at 25% capacity, so they'll be able to bring those kids inside as well for the faci- for the uh, teams that do have those facilities, uh, but yeah, this is a great step in the right direction for uh, getting high school football back in the fall and uh hopefully it can continue to build into a season when we get there
0: yeah so uh i i've i've heard there's going to be some camps in june under Armour's going to do a camp in june in dallas um pylon's going to do seven on seven in dallas i have told everybody involved if you guys ruin fall football with this camp and seven on seven stuff i'm going to kill somebody but um (laughs) I think we're going to kind of see we're going to kind of we're really going to see, I would say, by the end of June, what what the fall is going to look like, because I, I, I do think those are important steps. But I also think they're big time test balloons. Um, and if if we go out and start doing workouts and camps and everything and people start getting sick and they have to shut this thing back down, I think that that puts football in big time jeopardy in the fall.
1: Yeah, I think the month of June, and depending on what's, what gets scheduled in the month of July, this will be a solid test run just to kind of see how things are going to go. Uh, because like you said, there's a ton of things happening in the month of June with the Pylon Tournament. There's another seven-on-seven seven tournament happening in uh, Round Rock that same weekend. Um, and there's stuff across the country, too, in Georgia and Florida that, that are starting to pop up in June and Under Armour Camp in June. So if anything's going to happen this summer, it'll happen in June. But, you know, obviously we're hoping for the best and wishing for the best, and hopefully it'll all go smooth sailing and September will come around and we might even be able to get 25 percent capacity fans involved and just some kind of talks and of kind of like rumors that might be happening as far as fans go the football season it might you know be left up to each school district which I think would be kind of interesting you know each school district having their own sort of guidelines on uh, fans that they let in the stadium how they go about their games and whatnot Uh, there's also been rumors of you know possible Thursday and Friday morning games during the season so we're definitely going to see some wackiness next year it's just uh hopefully it won't uh include canceling games or moving the season
0: yeah absolutely i think obviously first concern is that everybody's healthy and that uh, we're not putting anybody at risk but the second concern is in the in the rush to do all of this off-season activities that we use like seven on seven and camps to get through the off-season those are great you know time ways to get through the off-season but the, the the main thing we're here for is friday night football so um I, we just really want to see that go on In as close to its form as possible Yeah for sure um, Nick you're going out of town this week You're going to do a little traveling Going to see some dudes uh, who, Who's it going to be?
1: Oh, yeah, I'm making a trip out to Houston, leaving out in the morning, going to spend a couple days out there and just try to catch as many of the Houston prospects that I can. Um, Catching uh, Tumiche Adelie, Uh, he's back in town from Florida, so we'll be able to see him in action. He's going to be with Jalen Milrow, Donovan Jackson, uh, LJ Johnson, and uh, some other uh, Katy area guys. Um, That'll be on Saturday. I'm looking to catch uh, Ruben Owens on Saturday as well, a big 2023 running back out of El Campo. He already has offers from pretty much everybody in the country. Uh, I'm trying to think who else Uh, I got a big list and it's somewhere on my phone But um, I think in all I'm catching at least 15 kids And then three different uh, Whether it be 7-on-7 club workouts Or uh, school club workouts I'll be able to catch a couple of Texas commits this weekend I'll also be able to catch up with Terrence Cooks See where he is at Um, So yeah, I'm definitely excited to get down there And uh, get some content ready for you guys next week
0: yeah, that'll be great. Um get some stuff from there. I'll be out a little bit. I've been out and about a little bit around the Dallas area as well. So we're trying to trying to do what we can. We, we, we're still adhering to to roles. You know, I want to we didn't talk about this in our pre-show meeting. I'm going to call an audible and we're going to talk about it right now. Um <laughs> so you're unprepared because you don't know what I'm about to say, but you brought up the name to me uh to I earlier this week he made news by um, going on his Instagram. Somebody asked him why he didn't choose Texas, and he's made the comment of I think they send fifteen or twenty percent of their four to five stars to the league, and that's just not enough for me. So many people have asked me what what my thoughts are on this, and my thoughts are that he made a statement based in fact, and it's kind of hard to argue with that statement. Um, I know people don't like to hear bad things about their schools, but. This is really a realistic look. You know, this kid didn't, he didn't crap on Texas. He didn't say, you know, I hate them and they suck. He said they've had a problem with producing with their elite talent. And and that's true. And I think that when we ask the question why guys like Clayton Smith are going to Oklahoma and Landon Jackson's going to LSU and, and kids are leaving the state or going to other schools, this is a true and honest look from a kid who has been nothing but honest with me since the moment I first started covering him.
1: Yeah, he he's a sometimes brutally honest kid, I guess and um, yeah, I didn't realize that that was on his Instagram, but I did see where he had made that comment and it came up on my Twitter timeline. And, yeah, it's just a true fact. And, you know, you can't knock the kid for going to a place like Ohio State where they have been known recently for producing their four and five star talent and putting them out uh, in the first couple of rounds of the NFL draft. So, you know, honestly, I don't blame him. If I was in his same shoes, I would honestly probably make a very similar decision. Um, and, uh, you know, hopefully that tide can turn here in the next five or 10 years and Texas can get right back on the same path and um, be able to produce the numbers that you know the schools like Ohio State and uh, LSU and some of the other Blue Bloods have been able to do in recent years.
0: Yeah, and I did talk to Tamisha this week and I um, asked him about it and, and he just said, you know, I do think that number is going to go up under Herman. I think they've got a better staff in place now and I think they've got the talent, but he said, I just personally couldn't take the, the chance. So uh, I, I don't have a problem if a kid's fair and honest in, in that type of way. And, and he's always been kind of fair, honest, and direct. So I did want to address that uh, real quick. Uh, all right, Nick, uh, let's get on to our next interview. We I sat down uh, earlier today with 2022 client Kane running back Jaden Blue. And now joining us on the State of Recruiting podcast is one of the hottest prospects in the country, the top running back in the state of Texas for the class of 2022, Klein Keynes, Jaden Blue. Uh, Jaden, thanks for joining me today. You're welcome. Um, How's how's everything been going for you, man? What what have you been doing since uh, through this quarantine, and, uh, you know, how how are you keeping busy? Uh, Everything's been good.
3: I've just been working out uh, every day of the week to get better. just the same thing every day.
0: What about to kind of get rid of the boredom? Any uh, video games? Any TV shows? Anything like that? No, I haven't really been
3: playing the game much. I kind of been, um, I kind of dropped the game to work out since this quarantine stuff. So I'm taking advantage of it because this is a chance to uh, to work. I work anybody that's not working right now.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And uh, you had a you had a major sophomore season, um, headed into a big junior year. Tell me about your program. It's a, it's a newer program over there at Kane. Um, one that I don't think we really knew that much about until you kind of put it on the map. What should we expect out of Kane this year?
3: Uh, well, we have one of the best coaching staffs in the state to me, uh, that makes sure everybody, uh, keeping that, keeping up on their grades, make sure everybody lifting, staying healthy and, it's just – just great coaches.
0: What about recruiting-wise? Who are uh, – I mean, you've certainly got offers from just about everybody in the country now. Um, you know, who are you hearing from the most uh, during this time? Uh, the schools that I've been hearing from the most is UT,
3: Bama, LSU, Georgia, USC,
0: and OU. I know that LSU one was a big one for you. That recently came. Um, are you – I can't remember. Are you a Louisiana native? Uh No, I just have some family that live in Louisiana. Okay, but you I know you told me a long time ago you kind of grew up watching uh, LSU and rooting for them, so um, wh- what was the feeling like just to get that offer? Uh, well, when I um, found out that I got it, uh,
3: I was very excited because um, LSU was one that I've been waiting on because I love them so much and I grew up watching them play, so I always wanted
0: to get an offer from LSU so I can be able to play there. Um, what about Texas? They offered you pretty early in the process. Uh, obviously, they've they've stuck on you pretty hard. Tell us about your relationship with with Coach Drayton and that coaching staff. Oh yeah, well Texas
3: was my second offer um, after our, uh, Arizona State, and ever since they've just been staying in contact with me every day. Coach Drayton, Coach Herman, and even more coaches. So uh, UT is probably one of the schools that I uh, one of the schools that I like the most. Just by the way that I talked to the coaches and all the things that they have told me so yeah.
0: What kind of um what kind of things are they doing on these these Zoom calls or these calls to you guys that they're doing um you know is there any way that schools are kind of differentiating themselves from each other is it kind of all the same same type of stuff? Uh
3: well, two of the schools have called um did a Zoom call with me and they basically uh it was just like uh, um like a lot of coaches, they just told me about the program and stuff, and how much they wanted me, and talked about the offense mostly.
0: What um, what is your idea of an offense? Like, what kind of ideal offense would you like to play in, or do you think you best suit? Uh, to me, I like
3: um, more of an offset, really, but it doesn't really matter because I can, um, I can play receiver too, so I can catch the ball. They could spread me out. So that's another big thing for me.
0: Yeah, I remember you were putting on a show at the All-American Bowl Combine. I think you walked over to me and said, I could play receiver too, if you guys want to rate me as that. Um, So certainly that's out there as well. Uh, you guys have been doing. I know you've been working out with Rose Simon out there in the in the Houston area. I've seen on Instagram the sand pit workouts you guys are doing and and things like that. Um, you play with Fast Seven on Seven in your in your off season. I got to see you in Vegas for Pylon. Um, how much has playing that Seven on Seven kind of added to your skill set? Do you think? Well, it helps a lot because
3: for like some players that play running back, and never play receiver. Seven on Seven helps them run routes better. Teaches them how to catch better and just you know do things
0: that receivers could do make them a better player overall getting back to texas um when you when you talk about coach drayton what is it that stands out about him and um, you know what is it that that you like about him well he, he seemed like a good dude he he
3: came up to my school um putting their time. he even came to watch me uh uh practice you know, for track and he's just one of the guys that um, calls me every, or talks to me every day about how much he wants me and shows me film and everything. He even tells me about his own family so that
0: he stands out from all the other coaches. When it comes to making a decision, let me. I, I want to talk about this because it's it's kind of something that comes up with Texas a lot. First off, how much does it matter, the schools that offered you first? How much weight does the, does that have, like the schools that were early on you? Um, where would you say that that you know how much weight does that put into your recruitment? Well, I would say the school that offered me first is,
3: I guess they're probably just the ones that got to um, one of the offers that reached out to me first. But it kind of plays a factor. But some, I just um, with me picking a decision, it's basically off of um, if the school has good um, academics because I have a four point GPA, so I'm very hard on myself about my grades. And then I uh, I have to be able to trust the coaches enough to where I can go there and
0: make sure that they can help me do what I need to do to go to the league. So if you're putting together, like, a checklist of things you want to see at a school, like, how would you – I mean, how would you – what would you kind of put at the top? Would it be, you know, if you're thinking academics, relationship with the coaches, uh, programs, success, all that kind of thing, what are some of those things that are at the very top for you? Uh, the things I'll – On top is academics, um, me being
3: able to trust the coaches' relationships and mostly, you know, how um,
0: the program is and how much success that that school has had. It seems like in the last few years, you know, Texas has had a lot of trouble keeping their top kids in state. There's a lot of, you know, I, we uh, you and I understand that Texas breeds great football players, the, the state of Texas. And um, it seems like schools like Ohio State, Alabama, LSU, they're all starting to understand that too. So, um, you know, what's your perception of the Texas program? And, uh, you know, where do you think they are as far as on the national scene? Well, of course, I think Texas has the best football, so – I think
3: most, most kids like wants to play out of state because they probably haven't been to that place before and they probably want to see how it is or whatever. So, well, for me, um, I'm, I'm kind of a guy that wants to stay in Texas, but whatever school that fits me best
0: or that I feel is best for me, I I would go to. How much input are you getting from your parents on this? And, um, you know, what is, what's important to them when they're looking at schools? Well, most thing that's important to my parents is, like I said, was
3: academics, me being able to trust the coaches, and then just my parents trusting me and supporting my decision. So, um, well, my mom always – she she's mostly been telling me to just take everything slow, take my time, because I'm only
0: a sophomore, so there's no need to rush. Um, so let's talk about that timeline a little bit. You are a sophomore. You don't have a need to rush. You're going to have two more years, and you're going to be a kid who can pretty much – Schools are going to wait for you. Um, with, with that all in mind, do you have a, a timeline of, like, when you think you might want to make a decision?
3: Uh, right now, I'm planning on making this a decision probably either at the end of my junior year or after um, my senior year. Okay, so it could be, like, next spring or it could go all the way to next signing day then. Yeah, it, it could be next year, next spring,
0: or it could just be during
3: signing day or after senior year.
0: Um, like I mentioned earlier, you came out and kind of like exploded onto the scene this year. What is – I've got – like you've got a real all-around game. You can run inside. You can run outside. You can catch the ball. You can do everything. What are some things do you think is your best strengths and what do you think are are some things you really want to work on this season to get better? Uh, I would say my best
3: strength is speed, agility, my footwork, um, me being able to break tackles in space, and my vision. and also. Uh, the ability to catch the ball in space, unlike other running backs. And I would say things I need to work on, really. But last year, uh, uh, I
0: didn't work on my ball security. And that's basically it. Uh, is there anything about you, maybe off the field, some sort of hidden talent, some sort of hobby that we don't know about that uh, that kind of differentiates you? Can you sing? Can you dance? Something like that? Yeah. I would say dancing is one of them. Yeah. Do you make TikToks? Are you on uh, TikTok? Yeah, I'm, I'm on TikTok. All right. Shout it out. We'll get you some followers. Shout out your TikTok. <laughs> uh,
3: it's Jayden, J-Y-D-O-N, Blue23.
0: Mm-hmm. All right. So there you go, guys. If you want to see some good TikToks, Blue 23 I'm 35, so, like, TikTok makes me feel old looking at it. But, like, during the quarantine, my wife and I got obsessed with just laying in bed and looking at TikToks. So, mm-hmm. um we're, we're trying to we, – we see the dances. We're not going to try to replicate them, but uh, we see them at least. Um, what about uh, – one thing I'm always interested in is I know that during this time, like a lot of coaches are playing video games with kids, connecting with them online in that sort of way. Have you done any of that or, or connected with any staffs that way?
3: Yeah, I played a, a few Madden games against some of um, the coaches that I uh, have relationships with in Madden
0: was was Brian Carrington part of that deal? Uh no, I haven't played Brian
3: yet, but I played uh I played coach Juice from Baylor
0: and I played I think a few more coaches. Cuz uh I've heard that a lot of recruits are handing out Ls to Brian Carrington. Um and so we're <laughs> trying to, we're trying to keep a running tally on this show. Um Yeah. How, how I got to get him, I got to get him one time what's um what's your what's your team of choice on on men who do you play with well
3: i'll play i play with every any team really but the 49ers are overpowered on there George Kittle's unstoppable <laughs> yeah.
0: what about the you grew up in the Houston area so did you grow up a Texans fan do you have a favorite yeah. team in real life Texans is my favorite team in the NFL yeah and I'm a, I'm, a, I'm around my home team all right cool I appreciate that well um Man, we appreciate your time. I know you've been working hard, came home to do this interview. I appreciate you taking the time to join the show. And, uh, you know, Texas fans are certainly uh, interested in what you got going on, as you can see from your social media every time you tweet something. So uh, thanks for, for taking some time to come talk to them. You too. All right. And we want to thank Jaden Blue for taking some time out of the day to speak with us about his recruitment. All right, Nick, uh, before we get out of here, let's head on over to the mailbag. As always, you can get your questions to us over at horns 247com When I put the message out today, we were taking some DMs, uh, so anything in the DMs. And then also, if you leave us a five-star review, uh, we will will answer the question if you leave uh, the five-star review with it. All right. Let's go to our first question. Uh, It is on the Horns 24-7 board from Nero 1691. He said, if you guys could uh, do a possible Next 5 commit article for the 2022 class, who would be on that list? In other words, who does Texas sit best with right now? As you guys know, I hate doing Next 5, but (laughs) I will tell you who they're in good positions with. Um, A guy who I like their position. I, I, I really like their position with DBs in this class. Um, and there's a lot of them, a lot of guys to choose from, whether it be Chase Biddle or Jordan Hudson from Garland, whether it be Denver Harris from North Shore, uh, whether it be Jalen Gilbo from, from Port Arthur Memorial. I I like where they're in in position for those guys. I like where the position they're in for Devon Campbell, the offensive lineman out of Bowie. Um, and then one guy uh, who I really like their position with is um, – is, is Jaden Blue, who we just talked to. I think that LSU has given him a lot to think about, but I think Texas has done a phenomenal job there. I would also probably mention Brendan Thompson, the speedy athlete out of Spearman, is a guy that, that they're doing some really good work with right now.
1: Yeah, and someone else, wide receiver Caleb Burton out of the Austin area. He's a top 50 national uh, national recruit. They're, Texas is doing a great job with him right now. Um, man, you took a lot of 22 names off my list. Uh, but Burton was the one that you didn't mention for sure that I wanted to make sure was out in the blue.
0: All right, uh, our next question. I'm going to go to the five-star reviews. Nick, we got a question in the five-star reviews uh, from – Oh, From Kent, wow. my boy He <laughs> says, uh, where does Texas stand with Tommy and James Brockmar With the likes of Clemson, Alabama, and Auburn um, I think it's pretty much a head-to-head race at this point I, Auburn and LSU are going to get visits And I think they're going to, you know, they're certainly not out of it But I really think this is coming down to Texas and Alabama I've said for a long time, I think Alabama holds the edge right now But um, I, I don't think Texas is out of it by any means And depending on how the fall plays out for them I think can get back into into position
1: yeah, that's all you on the Brockermeyer uh, recruitment. I let you handle all yeah, those things. Yeah, <laughs> that's a,
0: that's a high-leverage, high-pressure one for sure. Um, all right, our next question uh, comes to us uh, from N.T. Jones, 1484. Uh, I read this on the board and wondered if, if you could give me some info. Uh, this was the quote after someone asked about wide receiver Caleb Johnson. Coming directly from a coach on Greenville staff, As of two weeks ago, he said he didn't know of UT reaching out to him. So I'm I'm assuming he's asking about Caleb Johnson and and where Texas stands. I have not heard of any contact with Texas and Caleb Johnson at this point. Uh, Caleb Johnson is a kid who is insanely fast, has a good build, receiver, corner, has been picking up some big offers lately, but um, haven't heard any real contact with Texas there.
1: Yeah, when was the last time a big-time recruit came out of that Greenville Commerce area? I I can't really think of somebody
0: yeah um i can't either i can't uh <laughs>
1: That, I just thought that was intriguing when that came up on the board this week. I didn't even know about him. <laughs> I was like, oh, wow, we have a green Yeah, for
0: <laughs> sure. Um, all right, our next question uh, from JF10357. Is Jatavian Sanders' rating as a five-star more dependent on him as a D-end or as a tight end? Or is it both because he does both well? If hypothetically he was two players, a D-end and a tight end, uh, what do you think his ranking would be at each position? Um I think his his ultimate five-star ranking is going to be what he does at the defensive end position because it's more of a high leverage position. I do think he would be a four-star tight end, um, and I think probably one of the best tight ends in the country. But because of the, the value they place on the defensive end position, I think that his ultimate upside is going to be judged on what he does at the defensive end position
1: you know I'm going to kind of one-up you I think he could be a five-star both positions and I wouldn't have said that before I saw him play in the state championship last year I actually didn't get to catch Ryan until the state championship last year which is something I kind of look back and wish I didn't do but uh, he made some plays in that game uh, from the tight end position as well as lining up out wide that were super impressive um, you know I, I think he could have five-star potential if he was only a tight end but yeah I like this question but uh, as a defensive end he's definitely a five-star prospect um, and it definitely projects that way as well all right next
0: next Next question from Space Case 512. It seems as though this year and last year share a similar arc with recruiting, signing a good core group and then losing some momentum with the top 300 recruits in the spring. Do you think this is a coincidence or a pattern? That's a great question um, because. Determining if it's a coincidence or a pattern means is this a problem or not? I think in this case, I'm going to say coincidence because uh, there are two different staffs. But I think it is something that could quickly develop into a pattern. Um, And and if it does, that's a problem. Uh, I think at this point in time... Uh, You know, last year it was confusing to me with Texas coming off a Sugar Bowl win. Um, You know, I I thought at times in the spring they should have been recruiting better where they were. This year it's a little more understandable, but um, I, I think I would need another year to determine if it's a pattern or not
1: yeah I I was actually going to say that exact same thing we'd probably need two or three more years or even one more uh, recruiting cycle to see if it's an actual pattern but yeah I can kind of see what you're saying as far as the similar arc between last year and this year um but I see it, last year that it really got heated up right there at the end of July uh I think it was five or six commits within a two-week span I think last uh, last summer might me up might be able to uh, quote me on that but um Uh, Yeah, I see a similar arc, but I I could also see us getting heated up again uh, once the summer comes around.
0: Our next question from Jerome12 says, uh, over or under on uh, one and a half commits by the end of June? I'm going to take the over.
1: Yeah, for sure. I would take probably over i would take over three oh. and a half to be
0: honest nick yeah. you guys you asked nick that question okay so when you hear this podcast <laughs> and nick says it don't come to me and say mike who are the three and a half that you would take yes nick that question um <laughs> china doll 10 hypothetically if you guys were mid four-star recruits what would be your dream offer uh it, would it be an instant commit how would you handle the recruiting process um, I mean, it's it's no secret. I grew up a Texas fan. If Texas offered me a, a scholarship, it would be really hard to turn down. Um, I would probably want to take some trips, um, but I I just I'd have a hard time seeing getting out of Texas. I think Washington's a school that's always kind of held my interest. Uh, Georgia's a school that's always held my interest. Stanford, of course, um, but. But right now, I think i I think I'd probably take those three visits along with texas and then and then shut it down if it were me,
1: yeah, I have similar similar feelings towards Texas. My official visits would probably go out to Ohio State, Georgia, and LSU, and then just kind of go from there. It depends. It depends. There's a there's a lot of variables in play. Uh,
0: our <laughs> next question from uh, Dalstra says: uh, Are there any potential 2021 targets that could be offered soon and could have legitimate interest in Texas? There is a kid. I heard some things about today. Uh, a defensive end out of McKinney uh, named Jonathan Jones. Uh, he's a guy I would say keep an eye on. Um, I think he he would have interest, and I think he's a guy that Texas could potentially target if some of their top uh, DN guys get off the board.
1: Yeah, two guys that I've always kind of answered this question with. One of them has committed recently, though. Dylan Goffney, wide receiver out of Bridgeland. He committed to SMU a couple weeks ago. I figured that to be pretty solid, but he's always held interest in Texas. And as well as Tavier Dunlap, running back out of Austin Del Valley, he's always held interest. But uh, I, I, I'm i not sure if uh, offers are close to either of those guys. I haven't heard anything on them in a while. All
0: right, next question from Earl Thomas 12. Assuming Tommy Brockermeyer commits to Texas, could you see him taking over for Sam Cosme right away? Uh, Yeah, I mean, I I do think Tommy, if healthy, has that sort of talent um, and ability. And, um, you know, it's all going to depend on I'm interested to see how he comes back from the shoulder injury this year. But, yeah, I do think he, he potentially has the talent to slide in there year one.
1: Yeah, I absolutely agree. He has the potential for sure. Uh,
0: Okay. From Texas Horn 25, nobody knows for certain what the future holds, but I can see scenarios uh, where the team might be missing multiple starters per week due to coronavirus and the quarantine that typically follows after testing positive. Due to this, I think depth this year will be huge. Do you hear many comments from college coaches along those lines? I would think having second and third string guys up to speed and be able to be relied on is more important than any year. I would totally agree with you on that. Now, I haven't talked to many coaches about that, and for the most part, I don't talk to coaches about their current team. I, I, I really only talk to them about recruiting, uh, mostly because I don't care about the current team or what they think about their current team. Um, it depends on on the conversation, but I'm really interested in, in hearing the recruiting stuff. But, yeah, you know, I think that they're like us, they have no clue how this year is going to turn out, but I do agree with your assessment that it's probably more important this year than any.
1: Yeah, that's definitely an interesting question. Really good one. Um, if you're a Texas fan, I think this kind of plays into their favor just because, especially on the defensive side of the ball with all the injuries that they had last year, they have a ton of experience that they're returning to this team. So, um, you know, if God forbid something happens and you know, an outbreak happens uh, with the team and you know two or three defensive starters or two or three offensive starters are going to have to be benched for a couple of weeks then you know I think Texas has the depth and the experience to be able to recover from that um, and practice their way and play into some games um, uh, play competitively into some games all
0: right Uh, our next question came to us in the DMs uh, from Colby says a lot of fans have been freaking out about wide receiver recruiting I'm curious about what factors have contributed the most to the current status of that position Is it the loss of Tim Beck? Is it Andre Coleman and and Mike Yerzich? Uh, The current depth chart at the position and and COVID-related reasons like lack of visits? I think I would definitely blame lack of visits, but I would definitely blame late offers more than anything and a lack of winning and development
1: yeah I would agree on late offers um a couple of kids or one that really reaches out is Katron Jackson uh they were late on him I think if they were earlier they might be you know in a really really good spot they still are in a good spot he's in or Texas is in his top schools but I think they would even be in a much better spot with Katron if they had offered him a little earlier um but yeah it's just kind of missing on some guys uh, like Jojo Earl as well and um yeah they're definitely gonna have to pick up on the wide receiver uh position uh, as we go into the summer and hopefully be able to land two or three top targets and our
0: last question comes to us from charles daniels he's back um he says hey mike one of the best parts of the old show was when you and ej would disagree on a prospect ranking are there any prospects in this year's class that you and nick disagree on their ranking
1: um huh man i'm gonna have to think about this i don't know um I know there were a lot last year. I, I remember oh, yeah, we a did battle because
0: you're, you're an anti-Hudson Carter.
1: <laughs> now, we, we could talk about this one for sure. I, I'm not an anti-Hudson Card guy. I just, I always had issues with him and how he produced outside of the pocket. It, it always seemed that. Every time that I saw him, he was throwing a pick six outside of the pocket. And I love Hudson Cart. Don't get me wrong. I think he's a top 100 nationally player. Um, but it, it, he also didn't fix that. And when I saw him during his senior season, because I saw him against Westlake his junior year, and he did those same exact things. But I actually saw some tape from him that uh, Gabe Brooks, our um, – big time guy here at 24 7 sports he put together a highlight uh, reel from one of his uh playoff games that he had at the alamo dome and he just completely torched somebody i think it may have been judson and i was looking at that and i got a really a much better impression of hudson card but yeah that's always been one we kind of disagreed on we've had many press box uh discussions about hudson card yes
0: nick slanders Even as everyone knows i'm a big hudson card stand. uh all right and his second part of the question if you can have one artist redo the theme music to the podcast who would it be um. Uh, you guys won't really like or know my answer, but I'm going to say Steve Earle Interesting. Hmm. Nick, do you know who Steve Earle is? Let me think about this one. Do you know?
1: I do not.
0: I do not. Uh, I figured you wouldn't. Um. All right. Who do you got? Some <laughs> somebody with baby in their name.
1: Ah. Uh. <laughs> I'm trying to think of a Texas area, a Texas guy. Um, I guess we'll go with Travis Scott, you know, Houston, Texas represent.
0: And there you guys have it. We appreciate everybody for sitting in their questions. Uh, that's another mailbag. We'll do it again next
1: week. All right, Nick, anything to add before we get out of here? Nope, I'm excited to get into the summer, though. It's starting to get a little hot outside. I don't know if I like that. I will
0: be in the pool this weekend. Um, All right, we uh, want to say goodbye. Thanks to everybody for listening each and every week. We appreciate your feedback. Uh, We appreciate those of you who are uh, subscribing, rating, reviewing. Please do all those things. You can find The State of Recruiting on any podcast platform of your choice, Uh, Apple, Spotify, uh, Stitcher, TuneIn, all those, uh, Google Play. Please go find it there, rate it, review it really helps us a ton also check out our other shows uh the the flagship with taylor estes and chip brown and the longhorn blitz with jeff howe and rod babers those are all also great longhorn shows for you so um you know we appreciate everybody for listening and we will see you guys next week